You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm one of the co-hosts of this wonderful podcast and joining me for his third time this week. You haven't heard us this many times in one week since probably 2017, for God's sake. Mr. Tony East. <laughs> Tony, Pacers made one big signing. They did it. They used their last... Maybe. Whatever face. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Right? right? They yeah. Hey, this is for later. They signed TJ McConnell. Yes. I, I buried the lead. They signed TJ McConnell. They signed their last... Probably last part of the sign. They signed no, a point guard. We were... Well, they probably didn't get yes. a forward, though, right? That's... Agreed. So... But we, they, we, we both thought they needed a guard yes. and a yeah. forward. Yeah, the still. position makes sense. Um, cheap deal, starting probably like 3.4 to 3.5 million. Um, yeah, we, we just said they needed a point guard, and they got one. Also, I should, we should say shout, shout out to Gary, who now, minus the now they have three TJs on the Pacers. They do have three TJs so, on the Pacers. At one point, there were two Hills. There were a George, George Hill, Solomon Hill, and the Pacers also had – a Paul George and a George Hill, and now they've got three TJs. They had my CJ Miles and Miles Turner. Now they yeah, have not the same spelling though. They also had uh, TJ Ford. Okay. <laughs> they oh just, yeah. Okay. And they have, they have, they've cornered the TJ market. Well, they had CJ <laughs> Miles, and they had Corey Joseph, who initials are CJ. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's a stretch. <laughs> they J Michael covers the team. They're just they are they are cornering the market of uh of the um, Jays. So on the forward thing, real quick, do you think? This is a sign that they think Leaf's going to be able to play a lot of. Um, with my last name is going to play a lot. I don't. Of I don't. I don't think this is an indicator on what they'll do with the forward spot. Okay. This, not, this doesn't really change their spending power. I wanted to talk about this before we yeah. talk more about McConnell because this deal, the first year value, no matter how they structure it, is less than the total value of the room exception. They could still use their cap space and then sign McConnell with the room exception, or they could sign McConnell with cap space. And then use the room exception. So they could still, in theory, have the 5.3 mil of space and sign McConnell. So they could still sign a player ahead of TJ right. with space. Right. And they could theoretically probably, like we talked about last podcast, front loading deals, they could front load one of the contracts and not from the other one and probably still yes. have enough. And that's why they pay for the first, right? Like if they front loaded yeah. Brogdon's, but not. Um, Lambs, they might still have enough space to get to the three and a half. You thing. have a let me let me tell you the answer. <laughs> yeah, if they uh no, I don't think so. So they have to do Brogdon. If if, if the, yeah, I think I was gonna say I think if they front if they front load Lamb and then back load Brogdon, maybe nineteen yeah. seven six seven. Yeah, that would and they have one point nine space. That one front. will that would do it. That would okay. do it. So that's but maybe that, what they do. But that's like yeah, that's possible. That's a good point. What if they front load one or the other? What if they flat both deals? Can they get enough space still there? Uh, (laughs) Hang on. Keep talking. Yeah. So what I'm getting at here is there are way they still have spending power. Yeah, but the but the the spending power because we we spent a a long part of the last year talking about the front versus back load. What I'm getting at is that. To get the roster one this year, they could probably, like you said, they're going to have the ability to use a room on a forward still, but they're going to have to make these moves in the next couple days, the moratoriums, I think July Adam, 6th. Sorry, you might have you might have nailed it. Okay. If if so, when they agreed to an extension with Sumner, his yeah. cap his cap hold drops by two hundred thousand, and then if the deals are flat, they have literally three point five million of space left. And that's betting that you're mad. And that right. no that. 
what are you talking about? You're, you're <laughs> I know it's right this time. After <laughs> <laughs> clarifications, so that that actually has some merit because then you're not shooting yourself in the foot at any time. You're still maximizing your space. Yeah, um, I think that has some merit. I, it's just fun to speculate how this works because that you know what I mean. Like if Cephalo or no, not like, who's the best free agent available that makes some sense for them. Like ignore Kawhi and Boogie. Like um, Jermichael Green, about. like Jermichael Green maybe or something. You know, if Jermichael Oliver still out there, who is Tall Oliver? Yeah, still out there? no, he got signed. Okay, I forget who actually, but I saw he got picked up yesterday. I can't. I mean, there's got to be somebody, but I'm looking uh, it up. Hold on, you you keep talking. <laughs> if whoever the best free agent is comes and says. If you give me that full 5.3 million, I'll come. They do it. You know, they do it in two seconds. So they still have that flexibility until the moratorium is over. It's just, it makes sense just for like projecting out what could happen in, in realism uh, to see what their space could still be. I've got it. They can read, they can sign Carmel Anthony. No, I'm just <laughs> like um, Danny Green or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, like there's Trey Lyles. I mean, what's he, he going to get above? No, he won't get that much. I mean, he, he was horrible last year. Yeah, but he, he's a room guy, like a $3 million room guy. Maybe. Or like, uh, yeah. Marcus Morris. If Marcus Morris says, if you give me the full 5.3, I'll come. Kelly Oubre, any of those, I mean, he'd have to become unrestricted. But if any of those guys said, if you give me the full space you can get, I'll come, then they would structure their deals in a way where McConnell gets the room exception. Yeah, but, but they have but, probably they, they have to make that decision by July sixth probably. So they have to. They have three one. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. three days. And assuming everybody's gone on the fourth, they really have. Well, they probably maybe take that day off. But assuming the player is not negotiating on the fourth, right. they have two days. So reporting this, by the way, on July third at five p.m. They, wow, five p.m. Central, Adam. Central time. I'm on. I'm <laughs> sorry, guys. We yeah. have an international audience, so it that actually. I know. It Doesn't matters. Matter. It matters. They it they matters. announced they announced McConnell like an hour and a half ago, for, yeah. for some for some uh, for some reference. So let's talk about McConnell. Um, I think if he is exclusively coming in to be the third string point guard, I'm really okay with this. I think he's good for that role. Uh, by all accounts, great off court guy to have on your team. And you know, not to say like this is the Pacers' way, but in the same way that the Pacers have been good the last two years because they just try their asses off. Like he's an effort guy, which is good. However, I think, and you know, just given the money and the potential role, if there's even a chance that he takes some holidays minutes, or I don't think it's unreasonable that he takes some of Sumner's minutes when Vic's out. I I don't like it as much uh, if that happens, but it, it is what it is because I can't project his role and I can only assume what they have with him. You know, it also depends what role you see both Brogdon and Holiday playing in. So, like, are we, we going to see Brogdon and Holiday as more two guards instead of that's point guards? I, I know Brogdon. Gonna be, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's what I dropped in a group chat earlier. It's like, what are we? What if we're overlooking that McConnell starts and then well, Brogdon I, plays the two? Is the right word? But like, is McConnell going to be? Could McConnell be a point guard in a three guard lineup with, let's say, Brogdon and Olivia? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you can. Or something like that. Or, for example, or is, you know, from when they start, is McConnell going to play more minutes as like the the because tr- he's probably the best, best true passing, point guard. Best the passing roster, right? point guard they have. A lot of, yeah, Brogdon played a lot of a lot of two guard ish point guard. I mean, this today in the NBA doesn't matter. Ultimately, Vic's going to be their ball handler when it comes. I back. am not saying he will start. I don't think he will start. I'm just saying for for the purpose of this discussion that yeah. it's not crazy that they say, okay, Jeremy Lamb, since we are almost positive you're going to be the first guard off the bench, we're going to start McConnell, Brogdon, Warren, or something. And I don't think that's crazy when Vic's out, but I don't think they're going to do it. But it, you know, if his if and and another thing that I that I brought up from last year, do you remember right after Vic got hurt when um, Nate McMillan said, "Yeah, we're going to decide between Sumner and Holiday's minutes based on the matchup." 
I wonder if they'll do something similar with McConnell and Sumner until Vic returns. Yeah, I, I do wonder if actually it makes more sense to play um, McConnell next to Brogdon and Lamb next to Holiday in terms of just like rotations. Yeah, oh, I love Lamb and Holiday together. I think that makes a lot of sense. Right, because you're trying to build Holiday into a traditional point guard, so you need to play the point guard minutes. But I think you might actually rather have Brogdon at the two at least while Vic's out. Just <laughs> yeah. That's just my that's just kind of but like I, I think overall this deal makes sense. One, it gives you depth to the point guard spot with a player who has proven himself in the playoffs before. I mean, he had a pretty good 17-18 playoff run. Um last year, not not obviously he, a trade. So he's 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 a terrible shooter. You know, he's a very negative spacing player in that way. Like uh, a lot of people are you're looking. He shot sixty seven percent from three one. <laughs> two two for three. Two for three. I gotta give him credit. He led the playoffs in shooting percentage and three point percentage. Um <laughs> no, but but even if you can't, if you're not a, a spacer, he just provides like a another good player on the roster. He's, Injuries happen as we see. So, eh, so. he's fine. <laughs> That's why I'm okay with him as a third point guard, because I just think he's like he's fine. But he'll fit in like with the culture and trying hard and he's yeah, the best but also in the playoffs you need some of those guys who can try hard. And he's he let's be real. He provides he if everybody's healthy, will he play? No, no, but you need a guy if let's say gets hurt. Like I I'm not big right, healthy. Right. That that makes sense. Like no, I that's why I wanted the guard in case someone does get hurt. That's yeah. why I'm okay with it. Uh, here's a, here's the McPherson's gonna make some people mad, but like he provides some of that like high energy that Lance has without the baggage and the sort of like stupid. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Right? This no. Is the la- this is the last ever episode of the show. Am I right? I'm am I comparing right? TJ McConnell and Lance in any facet of basketball. Oh my god! But because okay, you cannot tell me that Lance doesn't provide high energy. If I, if I, sure, sure, sure. He does at times, Tony? We went to that game where he nailed sure. five threes in a. Yes, he played. Quarter. He played well. That does that is that what energy is? Is just making yeah. threes. He was flying around. Remember, he almost took out DeRozan's knee. Yeah, DeRozan was pissed. That game was funny. That game was a great game. <laughs> that was a fun game. Um, but that's actually, he provides some of that kind of like high energiness off the bench, which can be valuable because one of the reasons you might end up playing a ten man rotation for part of it, so he can be the tenth guy, whatever it is. So it, it's a, I think it's a good signing. Um, I mean, he probably was what of the point guards available. I don't know who got signed up, but like we like a guy like Seth Curry, but he got kind of snagged up for a little more than that. He so got eight mil a year. Yeah, he's, not, he's more of an off ball guard. Yeah, and they needed a real point guard too. Yeah, they did. They did. And Rondo doesn't make any sense because he's going to want to play. You know, he's not. Jeremy Lane is the only one, right? You would kind of maybe rather of him, but he wouldn't have yeah. to hold fifth guard probably. Besides Jer, excuse me. Besides Rondo, Jer, yeah, him and Jeremy Lin were probably the two best point guards available. That were like Tyus Jones, maybe, but he was restricted. He's so. restricted. He's already signed. He already resigned. Oh, he did. Okay, I'm yeah. looking at the hoops I've listed. My bit. I'd not be okay. restricted. Daylon Wright's restricted. Quinn Cook just got unrestricted, but I don't know what his market's looking like. Uh, He's also so, more of an off-ball guard, too. And then after that, you're getting to like Trey Burke, who, so, eh, <laughs> you know. Was, no, he was one of the best, you know. He was. He was. That, that true point guard. And in ter- and for the price, that's pretty good. It fits him into the cap. As we said, it fits into the salary cap and then allows them to spend the room on somebody else. Yeah. Hopefully. Yes. That's- room exception award. Yeah. There's a lot of moves that could still happen. But yeah, it, it makes sense in that way. It just it, if he's impeding minutes from guys, I think should play over him, which is my own opinion and not the team, so that doesn't matter. But then I'll be a little frustrated with it. But all in all, it's fine. It's pretty good. They, and I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit. They they've upped their commitment to Holiday. I mean, it seems like Holiday. Yeah. Coleman's going to have to embrace as a role as the sixth or seventh man off the bench, whatever you want to call it. Um, I know there you can't have two six men of the year, Quentin Tony. So yes, um, good. 
So he's going to be the <laughs> seventh man of the year type of player. But like <laughs> they've told him that. So I, I don't think this signing is anything. Right? It's just a depth thing and a thing. that so I, I agree with that. I, and I, someone I, said to me on Twitter, you know, remember they, they went out of their way to shoot down rumors of holiday being in trade talks, right? Like they would yeah. not do that and then sign a guy to play over him. Well, no, they, I, that's a great point. I'm almost certain they could have put, but Sabonis holiday in a first and probably beat Memphis on that on that trade for, for, for Conley. Yeah, they wanted but to. That, that I don't think they should do that. No, no. <laughs> they clearly see more value in having those three assets than not. Right. I mean, that's just right. what they see than having Conley for two years. Right. So they made at showing a sign of commitment to both really Sabonis and Holiday in a way. And so McConnell, and I think too, it helps practice wise. I mean, we've all heard the idea yes, that, that's a good point. That McMillan is sort of um a drill sergeant kind of guy that's practicing and having a guy who probably just is annoying in practice is good for your young guards to develop and stuff like that. And you know, that helps. Yeah. Cause they have two, they're, they're banging on two of their young guards, Sumner and holiday to maybe be guys in this on like in the rotation, at least this year, if not next year. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with his role, but if his role is what I would hope it would be, which is just like the fifth guard when the current guys are healthy and the, and the fifth slash six guard, when everybody's healthy, then yeah, that's great. If he's stepping over Holiday somehow or making it so Sumner doesn't play at all, then meh. But whatever. So you do you see him at all? Do you see starting? I mean, you're right. You tend that first thing. We don't think he has any chance. No, no, right? I, no. I don't think so. No, how I do not think so. How would you like to see the Sumner and him work together? I mean, would you like to see them split? I don't like think they would. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. Good point. You know, I. I think it just is matchup dependent. Like if they need more long defense, they could throw Sumner in. If they need a little bit more shot create, I don't know what <laughs> McConnell's like big offensive thing is, but because because McConnell and Sumner are both like probably better defensive players than offensive players at this point. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Um. I mean, yeah. I, Speaking overall- of Sumner. Yeah, I mean, so we should take a quick break, and then we can talk about Sumner, actually, because we started hitting out what happened with him. All right, welcome back into the Locked On Pacers podcast. So do you want to do the Sumner deal first or the O'Quinn deal? We'll do Sumner first since we were just talking about him. Okay, so Sumner signed a – what was his contract? Did you probably have the numbers in front of you? Uh, I, this is reported by Grant Afseth. We don't officially have it seen, but six $6.5 million over three years. Uh, so, so it I, could start as low as about $2 million with full raises or up to – Whatever six point five divided by three is, uh, two about that. Yeah, about that. <laughs> it's not a very wide range, 2. 1. but it doesn't matter because they're going to use his early bird rights to sign him, so it doesn't affect the cap space at all to extend him. Is it? Do we assume it's third year, non guaranteed, or something like that? I would guess yes. Right, that would make sense. So he's for the foreseeable future, he'll be on the Pacers in the next two seasons. That's yeah, good bet on potential. It is. No, it's a good, it's again, it's a depth move, same kind of thing. And if he turned out to be better than he is, one, you get him on a steal, and two, it becomes valuable in a trade piece. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, it's, remember, now that like every major star has been traded or that wanted to be traded, the asset game has kind of reset itself, right? There's no longer, Boston's no longer just loaded with assets the way it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. Well, they are, but oh, yeah. I mean, not, not when they have to re sign Jalen Brown to a four year, or five-year, $100 million, and then they're just sitting on Tatum, and they're not going to trade Tatum at this point. But I don't have, like... They just they have, like, late three first, round pick first and they have two next year. Yeah, but... The, the, <laughs> That's a ton of all, like, they Yeah, they're all good. No, players. but in terms of player, like... 
Yeah, but the players they have are now becoming their players, not like tradable players. Oh no, they have good players, right? I'm, good, good players. No, but I'm sure they don't have like they don't have no, nobody sitting on an unprotected Brooklyn pick or three top two picks they can trade for a star. Like that's what I mean. Except sure. for technically New Orleans, but they're not gonna. They're not. They're, they're rebuilding. There's no the the market to try to get a superstar the next big move. There aren't even like teams that are sitting on just like. The Clippers, we can, we can the beat Clippers, anybody's deal if we want Clippers, to. Kind of. The Clippers probably could. Yeah, they might. That might be the only one, and that's depending on Kawhi signs there. Yeah, the Clippers probably could. Which we still don't know as of as of now. It is now six twelve. I actually on July 3rd, was thinking before we started not, that not. while we recorded it could happen. You met with with met with Masai right today. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but we're going yeah. off. Uh, we're going. Um, <laughs> we're going. Okay, so I tweeted earlier. Three TJs on this roster is going to be so damn confusing. And at TJ Drew One, whose name is TJ on Twitter, just said, I'm all for it. <laughs> anyway, yes. You would love their three, three Tonys on the, on, on the team. <laughs> I do. Tonys, you, I, I have to stand Tony Snell because he's the best NBA Tony. I thought there was Anthony Davis counts because your name is really Anthony. Yeah, I, I don't Yeah, Whatever. I never go by that. Um, <laughs> back, to, back to Sumner since we got way off, uh, off topic here talking about assets. Even if he flames out, it's not enough money that it's a big deal, uh, especially with that last year being what seems to be an option. I forget where I read that. So um, can, I, can I give the deal in, in comparison to something? Sure. So it is cheaper than what they're paying Monte El- uh, Ellis, theoretically. Yeah. Like, two yes. years, right? Yes. How many years I got left? They're paying uh, three more. Three more. So that, that's, that's how small it is. Yeah, it's super little. Uh, it's like one person, not one. It's like one and a half percent of the salary cap. It's nothing. Uh and he helps. I mean, he's not awesome or anything, but it, you know, we, he don't know. we just don't know how good he. Maybe he's gonna make another. Exactly. Week. Exactly. He's only played twenty four games. Still played twenty four games. No, and he was one year removed from ACL injury, which usually is not right. So yeah, it's right. a so it's he... a smart gamble to me. I per, like me the uh, has an opinion on everything. Um, he would have been he's he would have been a restricted free agent at the end of next year. So I might have upped the first year value to the maximum it could have been just so I could get an option after the first year and have him as a restricted free agent just in case, but it, that doesn't matter. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think they have invested in him and believe he could become something. I don't know why. I mean, just, that's, that's, that's what makes McConnell potentially taking minutes from him so interesting to me, but that is what it is. We'll see what happens. I, I think that McConnell is just a, a depth move. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. I, I think I think so, but I mostly think so mostly because I'm optimistic that that's the case. So. Well, and got, it's such a cheap deal for it. I think the touch, cheap deal for a guy who, I mean, McCall's not like great or anything, but just the the kind of energy he brings is I don't know. And we saw yeah. him in spurts when he played for Philadelphia, like he could play starting point guard almost in a way. So I mean, we've seen some flashes of it. Yeah. If- that's the case that's great but yeah they're, they're different players they bring different things to the table uh, so see how it shakes out essentially though the Patriots have done this twice now so they essentially traded players with the team so for example the first one was the Patriots what? took in Brogdon and then somehow the Bucks got West Matthews so it was like almost right players right this time they did it with Kyle <laughs> and DJ McConnell yes on this back-to-back days we can talk about Quinn so how many centers does Philly need uh, they're gonna Horford is a really more of a four though you know yeah, he he's gonna play. He can for get it. away with it. Yeah, but they they have they got three re- pretty good damn good ones now. With I mean, with Quinn, Quinn is a good third center, right? He's just he's a great third center. So it's perfect. Yeah, that's a good fit for them. 
<laughs> Sixers Adam, one of my favorite Sixers followers on Twitter, has been tweeting at Kyle O'Quinn all season, just being like, you'd be a good fit here. And then he signed there and he tweeted out the whole thread of the tweets. It was quite funny. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good landing spot for O'Quinn. At the minimum, I wish he could have got a little bit more money, but I'm happy for him. He's a good player. I guess I'm surprised the Celtics didn't sign him. That's my good. That would have been a good really, fit too. That's my like the falling spot because they need a center and he could have. He's kind of a good gap gear center almost. Tony's to- Tony's very unpopular opinion coming in hot. Kyle O'Quinn is better than Cantor. Yeah, that's that's what I'm I'm thinking too. But he was cheaper at least. Yeah, he is cheaper. I'm surprised. I, get, I really am surprised he got the minimum. Conspiracy theory. I think <gasps> that, that, Bill that, that, Simmons that. is upset. Was obsessed with Enos Kanter, and he, you know, he's tied in that Boston <laughs> team. Maybe that's how they got. Him. Oh no! Oh gosh! Are we doing this? I haven't heard the Bill Simmons podcast today, but I'm sure he <laughs> is just like gloating about the Enos Kanter. So happy. Um, no, I, I mean, what the O'Quinn signing means to me is that it seems like the Sixers are committed to basically running really deep, like two man, two center lineups almost, or two big yeah. man lineups. Like they're not just committed. The starting line then goes small points. Like they're going to try to play hey, that helps two big guys a lot. <laughs> well, it's a shift. The NBA, no, it's, it's a subtle shift in the NBA <laughs> two teams. where, yeah, but it's two of the top teams and yeah. two of the top five you know, teams you can in call the East. top five for now, sure. In the East, yeah, they're five in the East last year. Oh, okay, okay, sure. I can live with that. Last year, yeah. Yeah, with a fifth seed, I don't know what to tell sure, you. Sure, sure, sure. Um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, technically, uh, I guess Denver kind of does it because Jokic is center and they play Millsap who kind of can play center or power forward. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, to we'll me, see. we'll see. To me, I thought <laughs> the NBA would shift back to this eventually once the Warriors were kind of done reigning. And next year, they people think that, you know, who knows? But I don't know. It's not. A, it's a good signing for Philly. It doesn't hurt the Pacers because they knew once they drafted Goga, they were not going to um, resign O'Quinn because they did not need a third center on the roster. It's, it's pretty interesting to me that after all the hubbub about uh you know the pacers interest in re-signing their own guys out of their six unrestricted guys they kept none of them oh my god they didn't sign a single guy oh my you're right isn't that crazy they didn't resign us well yeah because someone wasn't a free agent right someone was an extension well they declined his option but they i mean they agreed on the extension ahead of time so Jesus, I didn't, I didn't, they, they're not paying back a single player. And let's put it like the Pacers for agents got paid. All of them got paid pretty much. Except for O'Quinn who, and Matthews who chased titles. Uh, they all got paid. Well, I don't so, know if O'Quinn chasing a title, is it, you think? Oh, absolutely. Sixers are damn good. So, but do you think he was going to get a bigger offer from another team? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't know. The center market looks pretty shitty. So no, probably yeah. not. Like, like I think Matthews could have got a little more money, but I think that I agree. But I don't know about. He took a hometown discount too. Yeah, I think he, he was in New York for a while. I think he just likes yeah. the area. Wait, what? West That's Matthews fine. went to uh, hey, the the Bucks. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about oh, oh, oh yeah, Kyle yeah. Quinn. He's from yes. Northeast for a while. Yeah, I wonder right. what you meant. No, you're good. He played in New York. Yeah, I yeah, they all did well. I think they all got what they wanted. So. And West Matthews made plenty of money. <laughs> so he will be okay. <laughs> Um, all right, we should uh, we should discuss the controversy of yesterday. All right, so let's take a break, and then we'll do the controversy of yesterday that Tony has teased without really giving anything away. <laughs> Welcome back in the Locked On Pacers podcast. All right, so Tony, what is this controversy? The the controversy, if we even want to call it that. We're we're, we're going to fight over this. It's going to be great. <laughs> 
So Brian Windhorst reporting on two different podcasts, the Woj Pod and the Hoop Collective, that um, Herb Simon uh, does not believe in the offer sheet process. So he called up the Bucks owner and said, we want Brogdon, but we don't want to do the offer sheet. Let's work out a deal that's a trade and thus offered picks, even knowing that the Bucks would not match the offer at the deal. What do you mean? Like the Bucks, the Bucks said they were going to match the offer. I believe he said that on one of them. I need to find it because, I mean, I would give up two second round picks just to to clear up that three days of um, uncertainty, even if they weren't going to match it eventually. Just you know what I mean? If they if they actually didn't, so it's we don't know the info, right? Like, and I to me and the small rumbling I've heard is that John Horse, the Bucks GM, was like. No, we, we're like we're gonna match. If you want them, you're gonna have to sign and trade. And then they put Brogdon yeah. on the sign and trade market, which the Bucks reporters said. And then the Pacers got him, and that's what I thought happened. And that process made sense to me. And then this Herb stuff comes out, and I don't think Windhorst—he's very reputable, you know. I don't think he makes this up. So I don't, you know, I think there's just a gap in communication so, of what happened, probably. But it's still weird. Also. Wouldn't the Bucks want to say oh, we're going to match anyway? So we got a good deal. Like, like what incentive do the Bucks have to to actually be like, oh yeah, we weren't going to, ma- we were going right, to, right, right, whatever. Like, right. They clearly looked better by saying, oh, we weren't going to match anyway, so we got a first round pick out of it. But like, I, I don't know, I, I don't mind the Pacers. I know the first pick is a little heavy. Like, it it's little- not so bad because it's a lot of protected, but well, yeah. that and it's it locks, it gets rid of the uncertainty, right? Basically, they had like this. If they didn't, if they had a massive restricted deal. They had three days of the catch was going to be completely tied up till when? What is July 9th, right? Yeah. But three is after the moratorium. So if if somehow the Bucks did match it, then they would have been screwed because who's left now? Right. Right. And so I can tell you talk about the restriction process is so effed up, anyways. It is. So it is it's so so bad for 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 players essentially. Unless you're going to get the max, whatever you're going to, you know what I mean. But it, there's really it's a really bad process. So like this. The Pacers doing this, I think the first round pick is a little bit much. They weren't gonna, they weren't going to match per se, but it, paying like two second round picks and a, like a what could be a twenty fifth pick and hindsight's going to be like okay, whatever. You know, it's at least it cleared up the air and they're able to go get yeah, Lamb and all yeah, the guys. I just don't like the, the owner overstepping kind of, there, but if, sure. it, if it means did the owner overstep or did you think well, Pritchard kind of? This like, is, I don't, I don't this know is this a thing like, that like is kind of hard to talk about because you don't know the dynamics really all right because. Herb always has said he stay, you know, he stays out of basketball operations, and that's a good thing. Um, so that's why it's surprising to see him step in. But he also remember Larry Bird a long time ago said, "I want to go after restricted free agents, but Herb won't let me." So all the statements we've heard about <laughs> Herb's involvement in the basketball operations process was just that, yeah, if they wanted to get a restricted guy, they'd have to loop him in. So I think in that way, it does make some sense, and that you know, he he wanted it to go the way it did. But it just is weird. Uh, I think it's possible that everything everyone's heard is both true. And I've sent out the steps to uh, to the, what I think makes everybody telling the truth. Can I read them to you? Yeah. Okay. Step one, Pritchard says to Simon, who, and this is never talked about either, but like Kevin Pritchard's job, yeah, it's to build a basketball team, but his boss is literally Herb Simon, right? So if Herb Simon says something, he has to do it. So step one, Pritchard says to Herb Simon, we want to get Brogdon, but he's a restricted free agent, right? Since then Simon probably says, I no, I don't. I don't believe in the restricted process. You'd have to trade for him to get him because that's the only way I will sign off on it. So then Pritchard calls the Bucks and says they want to trade for Brogdon because they don't like the restricted free agent process. 
And then Horst, who has, now has negotiation power, right? Because he says, okay, they won our player. We can duck the tax and use restricted free agency to ac- extract assets from the Pacers. Does that. Surveys the market to see what he can get for Brogdon. Pacers put in the best offer. And then Brogdon agrees to come here and the deal gets done. So I think that means everything that every report has said about this is true. But it's still just kind of weird. It's yeah. just different. It's just different. So, here's also what I think also happened. You kind of another part to it. So one, I think the Pacers thought they were going to re-sign Bojan until the last minute on on July one or June third. That's, that's definitely possible. That's what Winhorse was saying. That the Pacers thought they had a deal for three for fifty five. I think fifty fifty five range with with Bojan. But then because Miritich went to Europe. The Jazz went to plan B, which was Bojan versus – they were going to get married, so they went for Bojan. I, I Pacers blog wrote about this. It was called the butterfly effect of Nikola Miritich. It was so, fascinating. And that's what Windhorse was saying. So then the Bucks or the Jazz came in because they were missing out on Miritich to make a huge offer on Bojan. They added the extra year, basically, that the Pacers weren't trying to offer. And so then the Pacers maybe come 6 o'clock on June 3rd. were like, oh, crap. Well, we what's our backup plan? And they were like – and the, maybe the Bucks said, okay, we've got an offer of two second-round picks for Brogdon. You give us a first right now, it's done. And the Pacers are like, well, we really want Brogdon. We like, like his fit, whatever. He helps kind of ease the loss of Bojan. It looks good. You know, all that stuff, whatever we like as a player. All right, let's just do it. Let's get it, let's just get a guy, make sure we have that. We have our cap tapped up, tied up, everything. We already have a Lamb deal on the side ready to go. Because the way it probably looked, they were probably going to get Lamb or Rubio no matter what. Right. They probably had those I deals sort that. of set. But I think the Brogdon one was the plan B. So that's what they decided. They're like, okay. Let's just do it. Let's go. Let's pull. Let's pull the trigger on it. Um, and that's what they did. And that. And maybe they paid too much. You can make that case. I think Herb's restriction to restricted free agency is oh, no almost kind of noble in a way because it is a it really is stupid, such process. A stupid process. I think, and I, I think it's noble for him to say, you know what, this is a stupid process. Maybe disagreed from the start. He's been an owner for since the '80s, so that's whatever, almost 40 years or 30, 35 plus years. So maybe he's like, it's a stupid process. I don't want the there be bad blood between the team and the player because teams don't want, you know, owners don't want you to sign their guys for deals because it screws them up too because they have to decide to match and just screw their, their cast base and whatever. So he's like, how can we get this deal done easily? Second round picks to most teams are worthless anyways, pretty much. Hey, so, maybe maybe the Pucks come back in the future enough for uh, assets for the Pacers restricted free agents. Well, and maybe, the, and this kind of also builds a goodwill with owners, right? Oh, the Pacers are sort of wanting, they want a guy, they kind of play a game at least. And it maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't I agree that like you it's just weird and it's hard to like obviously we don't know all the details we're trying to connect multiple reports yeah but it, that it, it's just kind of weird it's just kind of weird and it makes me be like what what like why well, I I think the part about the restricted free age where this the Simons don't want to go after those kind of guys might make sense if you think about it like you don't want to tie your cap space up like it's just stupid right. Just tie yes. like it's really just stupid for teams that have a lot of cap space to do that because everybody signs by end of July. Yeah. I mean, well, so, if so. they knew if they knew they weren't going to match at twenty one point whatever mil per uh, year, you never know. I mean, they could say one thing, and time. they can just say they will, which that's why I think they got the picks out of it. Well, and I think they could have said on July first they wouldn't, and then come July eighth they everything falls out, they don't get the right guys, and then they want to. Like that's right. their restricted free agency is such a benefit to the incumbent team. That it allows them to do that, right? Like the Bucks said, we want this guy, this guy, and this guy. Okay, well, we can't get him. Like, let's say West Manny didn't want to come there, right? So they said, well, you know what? We don't want, we don't want to. You know, we don't have a guard now. We have to, you know, we'll just bring Brogdon back in the tax and figure it out, kind of thing yeah. for a year. So I mean, you just, 
you don't know. And I, I think the Bucks saying they don't want to re-sign him is a way of making them look better. Because I think we both agree the Brogdon deal makes the Bucks look better. They won't pay the tax, which is bad for a team that's trying to re-sign the best player in the world. Even if they are a small market, they won't pay the tax for him. Is interesting, at least. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of uh, why the Brogdon got mad at first, too. And, yeah. Okay, yeah. And we were 14. Sorry, it was 14 he got mad at the Heat. Uh, yeah, they were cheapskating then, on like Mike Miller and and LeBron looked around is like this game is full every night. We're in Miami. We have TV deal at our freaking ass, and you won't re-sign Mike Miller. And then he got and he went to Cleveland and in Gilbert's defense, Gilbert paid every player LeBron wanted to pay. Wasn't that great in the long run, but it helped get a championship, right? <laughs> Didn't they like go in the red in money one year with because they were just paying everybody so much? Yeah, the thing though about the. Cleveland too was Gilbert owns so much of that city surrounding it that even if they lost, like he owns a casino next to the stadium. So even if he lost money on the team, that casino was making so much more money. It was, you know, it was driving fans downtown. So like Gilbert was getting money out of it. He wasn't making any cash off the team per se. Right. Yeah. He's a, Gilbert's a very rich guy. Let's put it that way. Gilbert's got a lot of money. He owns, 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 I put, I should put air quotes up the city of Detroit too. Yeah. He's like, he's, He's a um, he's a rocket mortgage dude. He's got casinos. I mean, I'm sure he's doing fine for himself. If his Cavs team lost twenty million dollars, he could probably find a way to to um, tell man, especially because the, the value of it is probably worth so much more than they paid for it whenever he bought it. Yeah. So yeah, he's doing okay. So just an interesting report. I want to talk about it. It's 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 only I guess I guess it just doesn't happen ever, which is why it's like what you know. But if it was like more common, it's not like a crazy idea it's just it doesn't happen so it's like what well also just think about who's the last guy you could name that was like i don't say big name but like mid-tier to top tier free agent who was a restricted guy that changed teams tim hardaway jr might be the best one. right he might be the best one wow. and that was just stupid and he got right. massive money we're gonna match anything atlanta was tanking massive much. money i'm trying to think now but that's the that one just came to my brain because i remember like, him getting just Kristen nuts Thompson went to, and eric bledsoe took out the last minute both times and both got paid Cancer. by the uh, kinda. No, Canner got matched by the Thunder. Canner was on not the Thunder, wasn't he on the Jazz? Yeah. No, he got traded that year because they didn't want to pay. Oh, him. you're right. You're and right. And the you're Thunder right. matched. That's why I remember. Uh, Eric Gordon went out to the Suns, got a deal, one to go there, and the Pelicans matched. They also traded for that, that year. Um, I forgot about the Canner deal. That was bizarre. Roy, Roy Roy Hibbert also went out there and got matched by Portland. Yeah. Or got matched by the Gordon Pacers. Hayward went out and got a big deal from no, Charlotte. Got matched. Got matched and that fucked them. Oh, well, you're gonna have to beat that. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I've cussed multiple times. Right, <laughs> bad. I, 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 I'm okay with most words. I don't feel bad saying that. I'll put the explicit tag on it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Sorry, everybody. Um, yeah, that's that. That does not happen very often. You have a point about that. So, like, you have to you have to give up something. Now, I think the first was like the you know, would the Bucks have accepted two seconds? Maybe they would have said that, but who knows? I, yeah, I don't know. The first. We haven't even said this yet. Uh, the first round pick reported by Zach Lowe today. Lottery protected every single draft, uh, twenty twenty through twenty twenty five. So and, if the pay- then what happens? Unprotected twenty twenty six. Okay, so they better make so, the next five years. <laughs> <laughs> the Blazers completely suck through twenty twenty five, and they keep all those picks. Then they'll lose an unprotected pick in twenty twenty six. But if also if they suck the next six years, they honestly deserve to lose. Yeah, to be honest, that, they can't make it plus once the next year, especially in the East. Which like we were talking yeah. about now is, is, is do you right now roster roster the way it is constructed? Do they make the playoffs next year? Yeah, I think so. Depending on Vic's uh, health and how good he is when he comes back. But either way, like in a worst case scenario, even if he's like as good as he was on the Thunder. I guess let's just say that. Uh, 
he'll come back as that guy. They're probably still like seven or eight. So, um, not to make fun of our friend of the Pistons podcast, Lazarus Jackson, but when 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 Tony said, "Well, the Pistons, the Magic, and the uh, Heat get better," in the playoffs, I'm like, "You think that Pistons are going to get better?" And I just kind of when hey, they had like a pretty good win percentage when all three of of Griffin. Drummond and Reggie Jackson all played. Okay, but Blake Griffin playing more than what sixty games. Like <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not saying they're all going to play a lot of games, but I am saying that they are, you know, one healthy year away from it all. The Pacers also won 48 games without their best player in like 50 games. Yes, that is that is true. And I can case the roster is probably better now than it was last year or close. Yeah, the Magic, the Magic, or the Wild Card because they didn't get a ton better. No, they and. I think they're happy just being the seventh seed, to be honest. <laughs> They've no. been so bad since Dwight. That, that, Seriously, how much would the Magic pay just to be the Pacers the past 10 years? Where yeah, you're just no trying to, like, you know, maybe even maybe just the Pacers the last three years. Speaking of last, that's what he said. He said, once again, I'm jealous of the Pacers' summer for like the fourth summer in a row. Yeah, it's just. Can we close talking being... about one subtle free agent thing that's only sort of Pacers related that happened that I loved? Sure. GR3 getting the. The one plus one with the Warriors, I loved it. I actually didn't see that yet, so I, that's he new. got a he got a so he only got the minimum, but he got a player option on the second year with nice. Golden State. So a good fit, yeah, yeah, it's a good fit. He'll probably play when Clay is out. Um, he gets to be around that vibe, which will be fun next year because they have no expectations. And if he does well, he can opt out and get another deal. And if he doesn't, he's got another year of money coming his way. So, so I'm, I love it for him. Can can there ever be a bad fit? For the Warriors, <laughs> That's a good, yes, yes, D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that one. That, <laughs> That's as bad of a fit like as you can get. Okay, right? <laughs> I I think Russell and Steph could be like uh, Jared Jack Steph and Steph back in. Um, oh, they're gonna trade. They're gonna trade Russell in January. Oh, probably, but I I'd love to see at least try it for a little bit. <laughs> I, don't I agree. Agree to that, you think? Um, to get the max, right? Because he got, you got, he got the max to be salary matched. Yeah, so he gets the max. Like he got basically. a bigger max, he would have gotten trade agency, right? No, they can't. You can't offer the bigger max for a guy who signed and traded because well, you're not giving the max somewhere else. Wasn't Minnesota offering the max? Or is no, he... they didn't. They couldn't get away of enough salary to do it. Oh, do you think he was going to go to Minnesota and then? I they think could... he wanted Minnesota, but then uh, he got a chance to sign with the Warriors and get the same money. He was like, "All right, yeah, I want to do that." Well, and honestly, he could be traded to Minnesota still. Yeah, exactly. They could just do like him for Covington and Okogi or something in in the middle of the season. Yeah, that probably will happen. That's not a bad trade. No, not a bad trade. Dang. So, Covington's the one guy the Pacers could go after, I think, but that's another discussion uh, for another time. Yes, it is. Uh, So, we'll cover the rest of – I don't know what the rest of this week's going to look like because I'm traveling, but we'll have one more episode somehow. Uh, Maybe it'll just be Adam. We'll see. And then we'll talk next week more about Summer League because it starts Saturday and the divisions free agency and whatever the Pacers do on the fringes of their um, of their roster because they still only have 13, including the two-way 14 out of 17 guys. Uh, so there's still stuff to talk about, so be prepared. Yep. Uh, you can always follow our podcast at Locked on Pacers. You can follow me at Friedman5, Tony at TCMBA. Um, I just want to give a shout out to everybody that's been listening to this podcast this week. Uh, we yeah. have seen huge spike. Oh my the top That's all you guys. That's not Amazing. us. Um, Tony had a freak out on Sunday and that has been <laughs> circling its way around some of the Pacers Twitter. So it's great to see Tony getting embarrassed like that. I love Yikes. it. 
Um, it's good to see Tony knock down a peg from his, you know, he's a, he's a big shot out there. So it's good to see him. Wow. Get, just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, thanks everyone out there. Seriously, for putting some of the top 200. That was great. Um, you guys are awesome. Three I, days in a row. We couldn't believe it. Yeah, that just keeps us one of these podcasts more and more. Um, we hope we keep delivering on <laughs> the quality and the excitement and the uh, mystery of this podcast. But uh, <laughs> that's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys again tomorrow.